Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the BLP Bulletin. I'm Danielle Berman, and it is Monday, June 21st. I hope everyone had a great weekend and a happy Father's Day to all the dads tuning into the bulletin today. Hope you guys all had a wonderful weekend as well with your families. As a quick reminder, we are starting to record episodes for season three right now. So send us some names of folks that you want us to interview, athletes doing amazing work in the community. Uh, we would love to talk to them. You can email us at info at tacklewhatsnext.com. Always feel free to reach out to us with any guests you think, even if they're not in your network, we should we should be highlighting we would love to get in touch with them we're also hosting our second tackle what's next summit virtual summit on july 15th all about athlete activism and impact we're calling it the athlete impact summit and we are still looking for a couple more athletes to feature on some panels around using your platform for good and athlete activism so please be sure to let us know if you have anyone in mind we would love to include them and now let's get into this week's bulletin All right. So on this week's bulletin, we're going to do some things a little bit differently. Um, I recently read a newsletter from the gist around the NFL's race norming policy, and I was quite frankly shocked that this did not cause a bigger uproar around the sports world. Um, this was the only kind of deep dive. I really saw anyone take on it. Did see some articles saying, you know, they were ending the practice, but, um, the gist again, if I, if I haven't, um, plugged the gist enough here, I highly recommend them. They're fantastic. Um, but you know, the just did a full newsletter edition on what is race norming, um, why it's been practiced and you know, what's going on around the NFL. And I thought this was a really important thing to highlight. Um, you know, I think the most important thing we can do when we're looking at making change in sports is to talk about some of the things that have been done and the changes we need to make. And this race norming policy is certainly something that I don't think a lot of people even knew was going on. Um, and it's, it's pretty appalling when you think about the NFL being a predominantly African-American league full of black players um, and very few black coaches and front office executives that's slowly changing, but you still are seeing this predominantly white kind of hierarchy um, in charge of these predominantly black players. And it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, I think it's something that definitely needs to change and it, you throw a big wrench in it when you find out that the NFL itself has just recently in the last week uh, promised to stop race norming. Um, so I, I think it's important to just talk about what it is. Um, it's usually used in the medical field. And again, I'm going off this just newsletter. So if you've already read this newsletter, you probably know some of the stuff, but this is the newsletter. It's going to be linked in the show notes if you want to read more about it but it's used in the medical field. It's about the baseline cognitive function. And this race norming pretty much means that the cognitive function baseline of a black person is less than that of a white person. This kind of began in the 1990s. Um, and it was really supposed to be like helping diagnose dementia, which we know a lot of NFL players when they retire, have a lot of brain injuries, including dementia. Um, and, no one really knows when the NFL began using these practices, uh, but they put together this mild traumatic brain injury committee in 1994. Um, and I think it's interesting to note that like the NFL around concussions, we all know they've been 
really quiet until like all these studies came out. We, we saw the movie Concussion starring Will Smith, who played Dr. Bennett Omalu. This guy was real. He was a real guy. He really did expose CTE and the NFL did try to shut him down. And so it's interesting to think about, you know, again, this is really something that has been going on for a long time that the NFL has kind of been trying to brush aside the post career injuries of their players. Um, I think the NFL is a fantastic sport. It's a lot of fun. The game of football is one of my favorites to watch, but it is hard to be a fan learning that these, these men are really suffering in life after sports, right? They are going through in their later years, but in later years, I'm talking forties, fifties, you know, concussion, um, multiple concussions. Now they have CTE. They can't, they're, they're having dementia. They've got, you know, major injury problems. And I think there's a lot of, of room for improvement in terms of how the NFL treats their retired players and how they, um, retreat their medical costs and their, their expenses when it comes to actually taking care of them after they've literally put their bodies on the line. And again, thinking about the average NFL career is three years. A lot of that's due to injury. So if, if you really think about that, these guys are really risking everything every time they step out on the field. Anyways, tangent over back to the race norming conversation. So the NFL has claimed that the, the race norming was used at the discretion of these doctors, these clinicians who are making diagnoses around um, dementia for, for retired players. But what we've later found out is that physicians really felt pressured into using this practice of race norming. So when a player would come to a doctor, right? A player would come to a teen doctor. Um, this, you know, again, they would be really nervous about it, right? They would be nervous about, um, that the league recommended these protocols that discriminated against black players. So some clinicians came out and were interviewed by ABC News, um, you know, that one neuropsychologist claimed that the league's program manual offered no such flexibility about the freedom to choose um, around this racial inequity in terms of payouts for their illnesses and their mistreatments. Um, another doctor said, and I quote from this ABC News article, required reliance on these norms is spelled out in the manual. Bottom line is that the norms do discriminate against black players. So now what? In this time of reckoning, like many professions, I think we need to look closely at the expected and unexpected ramifications of our practices. So I think that's really, really important. This is really, again, doctors were coming out against this saying, we don't feel comfortable doing this, but we also felt like it was forced. It was, it was built in into our you know, evaluations. And so it came up because the NFL just recently dropped the news that they are going to be um, no longer using race norming in their in their um, in their league wide practices. And then they just kind of like, you know, talked about other football things. Um, so I think that is first of all, really not fair. If you're going to talk about a, a mistake that you've made, right? Race norming is a mistake. It's not right. It's not fair. And it's just inaccurate. Um, you shouldn't just drop it out there and say, Hey, we were doing this and we're sorry, we're going to stop. You need to really recognize and, and show what you're going to do to make up for those things that you've done wrong. 
So this brings us to the settlement, the concussion settlement. So in 2011, we all remember this is kind of where the concussion movie got made. We all started hearing about this CTE thing because thousands of former NFL players sued the league, accusing them of hiding what they knew about concussions, head trauma, et cetera. And the league settled for a billion dollars and they began awarding the settlement money out to players who had suffered brain injuries while played in the NFL. But to determine who was given this money, the league assessed their dementia and brain injury claims of every player to determine if that was caused directly by playing in the NFL. But because of race norming, which again says that the baseline cognitive function of black players or black people in general is less than white people, which is insane. But remember that this is the policy the NFL was using. They were saying that black players baseline cognitive function was lower than white players. Because of this, black players had to show a larger decline after football than their white peers to qualify for money for the settlement. So that is insane. It's insane because you are actually setting them up by saying, hey, we think, and again, I'm really simplifying this here, but they're basically saying, we don't think you are as cognitively uh, capable as your white counterparts. So the damage that was caused to you is going to be less because we just believe that that was partially there in the first place. I just think that's insane. So obviously this is a huge problem. This is much deeper than just, oh, we were doing bad practices and now we need to let go. Players lost out, former players lost out on, on settlement money, on, on payback from the NFL for their time in the league. So many players were refused money from the settlement over the past decade. This includes Kevin Henry, who was an eight season uh, defensive lineman for the Steelers, Najee Davenport, an eight season running back for the Steelers, Green Bay Packers and the Colts. They each played really different positions that just obviously highlights that Henry played in the 90s, Davenport in the 2000s, and they were so sure the NFL had denied their claims because of race norming that they filed a lawsuit in 2020. with around, uh, excuse me, with Judge Anita Brody, who's who's overseen the concussion settlement since 2011. And she dismissed the lawsuit in March. So she said, you know, we can't, like, we're not moving forward with this civil rights lawsuit. But she issued an order that asked the league and the class council to enter mediation to address concerns of race norming. And she granted Henry and Davenport's request to join this mediation. So The mediation's still going on right now. But in the meantime, a former Washington football team running back, Ken Jenkins, he started a petition to demand equal treatment for black players in the NFL. And he delivered 50,000 signatures to Judge Anita Brody about a month ago. And in response to these signatures, the NFL said, (laughs) wait for it, there is no merit to the claim of discrimination. So the NFL has basically said, a month ago, right? They said, there's no merit to this. Now, about a week ago, they've said, oh yeah, sorry, we were doing that. We were doing race norming. Um, They are committed to eliminating race-based norms in the program. Interesting. They formed a new panel of neuropsychologists, including two female and three black doctors, and they're working on a new testing program proposal to replace the current race norming practices. I sadly, this is a step up for the NFL because they're actually saying we're going to do something about this. But what is crazy to me is that right now you have actually 
cut people off from getting settlement money that they probably deserve because of these horrible race norming practices that you were using in terms of evaluating them. So the NFL has said, you know, we're going to use this new system going forward, and they plan to reopen claims that they previously denied based on this racial bias system. Um, and I think it's really important that just highlights this out of the over 2000 players who claim their dementia diagnoses were a direct result of their time in the NFL, less than 600 were given compensation from that original sentiment, excuse me, settlement. And the NFL hasn't addressed the matter further since they've, since they dropped it about a week and a half ago. Um, they haven't given any dates or deadlines, any of that. So they've basically said, Hey, we're going to put this panel together. We'll reopen some claims. We're really sorry we did this. And I think it's, it's again, great to see that they, first of all, stood up and said, we did something wrong. They're working on some, some next steps in terms of how they can fix it. But as the just says, hold the applause. Um, this is insane that they were doing this for 30 plus years, as far as we know, could have been longer. And they, again, only copped out now that players collected signatures saying, we know this is happening. Doctors came out and said, we know this is happening. We're uncomfortable with it. So again, it's not that the NFL came out after doing a review of everything, after being, you know, internally looking at themselves and saying, Hey, we need to fix this. They were attention was brought to it. A fuss was being made and they were like, oh shoot, we should get ahead of this. So it's not really a sincere step forward to me until they actually reopen those cases for the players who were denied their settlement uh, claims because of the race norming procedures that was going on. I think that this is great that it's over, but it needs to continue to come up. And the fact that major news media did not cover this is insane. I think it's it's quite frankly ridiculous that we have so many different conversations around the NFL and training camp and the draft and all of these things. This is a huge issue. This is one of the most profitable businesses in America that has been using racial practices to deny former players settlements for healthcare reasons, because they have dementia, because they suffered directly from their time playing football. Again, we're not talking about guys that are playing right now under the new concussion protocol. We're talking about guys in their forties, fifties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties that played anywhere from 10 to 40 years ago. They did not have these concussion rules in place. It was normal to get back out there while having a concussion and still play. You were taking big hits way more often. The game was not as safe as it is today, and I would argue could still get safer. So again, when we really think about what this is, this is the NFL trying to sneak out of a problem that they've been willingly just persisting in for years and years and years. And again, kudos to them for coming out and saying something but by no means are they off the hook for what they've done. So I wanted to highlight this because again, when I read this in the gist, I had heard about it and I was surprised I didn't hear more about it. But after really digging into this newsletter, and again, please subscribe to the gist if you don't follow them already, they are fantastic. But like after reading through this and combing through the articles that they link to in the newsletter, I was really shocked that this didn't take off more in national headlines. This is America's favorite sport. This is America's, you know, every Sunday in the fall, we tune into this. And again, the NFL came out this summer, this past summer, after the murder of George Floyd and said, we need to do better. And this is 
a clear example of how far they still need to go. A year later, a year later, they realize, oh, we should probably stop racial, you know, we should probably stop race norming. I mean, again, there's so much room to go. So I wanted to highlight the story. I hope you all learned something today. I hope you all aren't too offended if you are big NFL fans. I'm a big NFL fan too. I love the game, but we have to treat these players fairly. We have to treat these former players fairly. And it's about equity. We need to make sure that we are not taking advantage of young men who are talented athletes and saying, we're going to suck everything out of you here while you're in the NFL. And then when you retire, we don't care what happens to you. Good luck. And it's not our problem anymore. That can't be the way these huge industries of and, and businesses and sports are treating their players. They have to be a part of every step of the process. And so I'm glad to hear that Henry and Davenport, these players that were, were really suing the NFL around the civil rights lawsuit around race norming. I'm glad they're going to be involved in mediation because I think with their perspectives, they're going to be able to really make sure change happens from this. But like the just said, and like I said earlier, until I see some dates and when they're reopening some of these cases and when these new policies are going to be enacted, I'm not impressed. And it's sad to say that this is a step up for the NFL in terms of acknowledging a wrongdoing and putting some next steps down on paper. But we still have a very long way to go in sports for equity. And I think this is a really big example of that. And so I wish I had a more uplifting note for everyone, but this is a really important story. Um, and I really hope that you dig into this yourself. If you disagreed with some aspects of what I said, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear why you disagreed. I'd love to hear what you think about it. Um, and again, a huge thank you to The Gist for highlighting this story. So thank you guys for listening. And that's it for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in to a different kind of episode, a different kind of bulletin. I hope you guys learned some things. And I, again, want to thank the gist for highlighting the story in, in such greater detail. Uh, again, if I'm going to repeat myself again. If you have not yet subscribed to the gist, please do. They're a fantastic organization. I love their newsletters. And if you like this focus on just one story versus a roundup, let me know. May try and do this more often. So send me your, tell me what you think. Send me your feedback. Would love to hear from you. All right. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you next Monday for another BLP Bulletin.